welcome to our F3 podcast, where we discuss all things pertaining to faith, family, and finances. And remember, no subject is off limits. I'm Dr. Lionel M. Blair Sr., and I'm sitting next to my lovely, gorgeous, perfect wife, Jesus Julia. <laughs> I call her Jesus Julia because she's perfect like Jesus. Oh, perfect man. wife. Amen. Perfect wife. Perfect in all her ways. Amen. Dr. Jasmine Blair. So we got a good one for you today. And this is for the married and in ministry mm -hmm. uh, people out there. All right. My spouse is not saved. Should I still be a passer? This is a good episode. Thank you for the introduction. Welcome, everybody, to the F3 podcast. If this is your first time with us, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hit the notification bell so you'll be notified every time we premiere a new episode. And be sure to check out our links in the description as well as the show notes for some of our books and products and services. You can find out more about how to support this podcast. And if you have a show topic, suggestion, or question you want us to answer here online, you can hit that link and leave us a voice message. And who knows, your topic may be on the next episode of the podcast. So let, let's let's talk about this because this is a common thing. And we we see this in multiple dynamics, but more commonly, we, we see the ministry-driven wife and the unsaved husband. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just the common plan for this. Yep. That's the common plan for this. So let's talk about it. If your spouse is not safe, should you be a pastor? See, see, go ahead. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. You know, I like to give a little segue before we really get into the meat, but I can't really segue this. Yeah, one. I can't really segue this one. Okay, your your spouse is not saved. Should you be a pastor? Now, at this, we're going to start with assuming you're not already pastoring. You're thinking about pastoring. You're thinking about going into pastoring. What were the dynamics surrounding this? Were you and your husband or, or your wife, were y'all unsaved and when y'all got married and then somebody felt the call to God or were you already living a life for Christ and married this person while they was unsaved? That's the first thing you got to ask yourself. And again, it's not saying that God can't save that spouse at any given time. We specifically talking about should you pastor having an unsaved spouse? Come on. How is that going to affect your ministry? What is that really going to be like for you? That's the question you need to ask yourself. You can say, oh, well, he don't mind. And, you know, he he said he just he going to support me and what I want to do. And OK, what is this actually going to look like with you pastoring and, and not having a having a spouse that's not saved? What is that going to look like when when people have emergencies and they're calling at seven, eight, nine o'clock? Dire emergency, deacon's not available. You may need to go to the hospital to, to go see somebody, you know, to go pray with a relative. Somebody lost somebody. You know, what is that going to look like when you have these anniversary services, you're having vacation Bible school, you're going on mission trips? What is that going to look like when you have any extended service beyond the norm? What is that going to look like when you got to leave early? What is that going to look like when you shut away to fast and pray? 
What is that going to look like while you're studying the word? What is that going to look like when you are building relationships with other preachers and their spouses and you're bringing these other preachers in? What is that going to look like when you're ministering to couples and, and they're looking for advice and you're giving advice, I mean, according to the word, but you have an unsaved spouse. So there's not a lot that you can give from personal experience as far as working with one another in understanding with you both having the fear of the Lord. There's not a whole lot you can say from experience there. Should you pastor with an unsaved spouse? Mm -hmm. No, you, you shouldn't. I'm going to let you talk about this for me. I, 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 I definitely say the same thing. No, no I don't think you should. Now, I'm not saying that God can't use you. That part. I'm not saying you can't preach, you can't minister, you can't prophesy. Right. You can't, you, you can't, you know, lead nothing. But you should not be leading a congregation mm -hmm. as a senior leader. When you you should not be watching over other people's souls, because if you want to go by scripture, I mean, you know, Paul said, you know, your, you know, the 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 anyone who desires to be a bishop or a congregational uh, uh, overseer, mm -hmm. all right. Um, they have to have their family in, in 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 order, and of course, yeah, we can argue where he was talking about men, not women, and all that. No, the the church started off with men because it would have been a culture shock if you would have just if you Jesus would have just immediately put women. He had to ease women in there, so that's why I want none of the original twelve men. Okay, mm -hmm. get over that. All right, but your house have to be um in order with Christ. Mm -hmm. You know. And your husband need to. I'm not a. I'm. I'm really not a. And I'm not saying God can't use women like this, but I'm not a fan of women pastors with saved husbands who are not in the ministry over them. I'm. I'm not a fan of that. Mm -hmm. I don't care what your office is. I don't. I don't, I don't care if you the mother. If you you the mother chief apostle. Okay. He he need to be your chief. And some people say, you know, well, you know, that's just for the household. No, the Bible says a wife's supposed to be subject to the, the, the wife's supposed to submit to the husband in all things. Mm -hmm. Ministries included in all things. But I digress on that. Um, you know, you know, some people are deceived by their own anointings, I think. But we're talking about unsaved right now. And I think that mm -hmm. if you're going to lead an entire congregation as the overseer of that congregation, your marriage has to be an example. Yes. Of, of, of inspiration and what I would like to follow, you know, why would I trust your word for my marriage? Because we're trying to have a godly marriage. Mm-hmm. Right. A marriage that's pleasing to the Lord. When your marriage is not even a fraction of an, the example that I'm trying to set or follow. Jesus. And essentially at that point, I mean, people can say, well, you know, I, I can teach from the scripture. I mean, yes, but essentially you're teaching something from head knowledge, but it's not really something that you're living. You're better off with a single person. Uh <laughs> 
uh, yes. than, 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 than an unsaved spouse, you know, because, because what is it that's on your life that may not be authentic enough to convert your spouse? Mm. And I'm not saying it's your fault. Right, right. Because there's a number of factors that can play, but absolutely. Uh, I've I've met women pastors. Their husbands don't even go to their church. Ever. How are you a woman pastor? Okay, and your husband is number one unsaved. Number mm-hmm. two, don't even go to your church. I mean, I've I've heard of situations where the husband go to a whole nother church mm-hmm. and won't go to your church and won't go to your church where you the pastor. And you know, what? people say, well, you know, God can use it, but let's be honest. If this was a male pastor and his wife won't go to church, the first thing people say, oh, he either cheating or he doing something underhanded. Well, if his wife don't approve of his ministry, he might need to sit down and, and get his house in order. You know, a man have to have his house. Or if this was a male pastor, everybody would be against this. You see what I'm saying? Yep. His house out of order. If his wife going to another church and not his church, obviously, you know, he needs to be crucified. He needs to fast and pray. We, we would be livid if this was a male pastor and his wife stayed at home, his wife went to another church, well, she listened to somebody else, but she won't listen to him. We would demand that this man sit down and not pastor until they get that together. Yeah. But with a woman pastor, we celebrate it and God can use anybody. That doesn't make sense. We already, it's bad enough. We already got people that still think women can't preach. Right. It's bad enough we have people on that extreme. But now we got these people on the other extreme that are so much for women preaching that we bypass certain uh, character traits and protocols and requirements that we would 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 not accept from a man. Right. If it's not okay for a male pastor to be preaching and his wife don't go to his church, his wife is, is, is not there supporting, she going to somebody else's church, she's staying at home, won't come to the church, won't come to the events. We can't say it's okay for a woman then. Mm-mm. We can't. That doesn't make any sense. See, this is the wrong side of double standard. Right. Why isn't your spouse coming to your church? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because what's on your life that repels them? Mm. They may they may love you, but they don't like your ministry. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Some people they want more of their tradition, but we talk about a spouse. Yeah, we talk about a spouse. If a man, if a man or woman can't choose you over their uh, 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 church preferences, and you trying to build a ministry, something wrong. Mm-hmm. Something is wrong somewhere, okay? And you you probably need to work on winning your spouse before you start trying to lead people. Mm. Okay, that's facts. You 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 trying to you trying to lead a congregation? You can't even win your spouse. They don't believe in you enough to support you. Oh, I believe in you. No, 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 no. If you believe in something. Like that, you would support it with your you presence. Show up, mm-hmm. even if you sit all the way in the back. Okay, 
Mm. Well, I don't want all that attention because you could be the pastor. Then you gonna have all that attention? No, 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 no. Are you jealous? Huh? Because that's a whole nother conversation. It is too. So, so you know, I I look at this because we 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 see this a lot. Mm-hmm. I've preached for women, and I'm just like, oh, I didn't even know you was married. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking you single. And sometimes the husband show up, and the husband sitting in the corner. He there, but then he's sitting there looking like this the whole time. I preach for one lady. She's like, Apostle, I want you to pray for my husband. My eyes got big. Mm. I'm like, I didn't know you had a husband. You didn't wear a ring. Darn shame. Pray for my husband that he gets saved. And I'm like, okay, how long you been married? And All how right. long you been pastoring? And your husband ain't saved? Mm. You know, I see why so many women don't... So, I see why so many people wait to get married. I mean, I don't think you should wait 30 years, but some people wait to get married because they don't want to go through this. Mm -hmm. They don't want to go through this. I'm I'm successful while I'm single. I don't want to get married and then have to be be pulled down by this. That part. You know, so so, uh, if, if you're a pastor and or if you're leading a, a congregation or a group of people and your spouse ain't saved, you need to hang it up. Mm-hmm. You need to pass that responsibility on to someone else. Let somebody else pass it. You can preach, you can pray, you can prophesy. Yeah. But somebody else needs to pastor because when these couples come in with broken marriages and, and rebellious children and they're trying to deal with this thing as the Christian way and one is missing this and one is missing that, you can only give so much from personal experience. Yeah. People need a godly example before them. And if you don't have that, it's going to be challenging to provide that. You're literally going to be speaking from knowledge and not from experience. You're literally going to be instilling and teaching something you're not living. Of course, it's not your fault, but reality is reality. Right. You're not living a godly marriage if your spouse is unsaved. And see, there, there, there are qualifications for leadership. Come on. Senior part. Come leadership. On. Come on. Not about your anointing. You, 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 you know, it's for Timothy 3. It's all natural qualifications. Exactly. He says, if anyone wants to be a bishop or an overseer or, or to oversee a congregation, mm-hmm. okay, because that's essentially what a bishop is. Okay, to again, that's a whole different uh, <laughs> uh, thing. But, but if you want to be a senior leader over a congregation of people, then this is these are the qualifications, and they're all natural. It don't got nothing to do with how many people you've raised from the dead. It don't got nothing to do with your miracles. It don't got nothing to do with your healings. I mean, that, that's when you start getting in, getting into fivefold ministry offices. Um, but it don't got nothing to do with how accurate your prophecy is. It has everything to do with you having your natural life in mm-hmm. order. Your natural life in order. Why did Paul had to institute that? Mm-hmm. He had to institute that because there were too many people rising up 
who were who, who had raggedy lives. Okay. Raggedy lives, raggedy homes. Okay. Your child, 11 years old, okay, you don't have your children in subjection. They might have your children in subjection. Mm -hmm. Some of y'all, you know, your children should be in subjection to you. I know we don't like that. I know we don't like that. Mm -hmm. That's harsh. That's harsh. No, 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 no. Some of y'all need to spank. Okay, let, 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 let me not say that for you trying to cancel me. <laughs> yeah. Children all unruly. You understand all of that kind of stuff. Spouse all unruly. You know, the Bible says you can't take care of your own house. How can you take care of the house of God? Some of y'all so minister. Some of y'all so so consumed with ministry, you don't even cook for your husband. Mm. Jesus you, Christ! You don't even sex the man. Well, I've heard of that. I've I've I've, I've heard of that too. You yeah. Know, Women so consumed with the ministry. And You're so close to God, you don't have sex with your husband that God blessed you with. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I, and, and, and a lot of these husbands, did, not all of them, but a lot of them, from, from my understanding, they ended, up, they ended up cheating. They end up cheating. And they don't make the cheating right, but I'm just saying, you know, after you done preaching, you need to drop it like it's hot. You got some men that'll get angry and withhold like that too, though. Yeah. Get angry and offended. And and if for them, from what I've heard, it's not even a ministry thing. They just will be upset about stuff and just shut down. Yeah, I mean, everybody got a lot of different personalities, you know, and, and, and you know, a, a man shouldn't do that either. You know, uh, but but most of the cases that I have found, mm -hmm. you know, and, and you're right about what you're saying, but most of the cases that I have found. You know, is mainly is, is mainly the wife so headstrong in ministry, and then the husband he kind of chill, and then she's not performing her duties at home, and then it causes problems in the home, or they just learn to just cope with it and put up with it. Put and for those of you that are listening and getting all upset, well, what about the man? Uh, 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 do benevolence is a a marital duty for both parties. For both. For both parts, so this is not no oh well you just needed to, it it goes both ways and but my thing is with these people again you 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 pass and you got this unsafe spouse what type of praying you doing with the Holy Ghost is not telling you to go be with your spouse what Come type on. of Holy Ghost are you listening Come to on. Come on here. the Bible the God is so serious about this Scripture says that if you gonna separate even for fasting. It needs to be agreed upon. And then it's saying, I'm paraphrasing, come back together quickly so the enemy can't get in between. So what, what type of Holy Ghost are you listening to that, that got you preaching and praying and prophesying and traveling and doing all this stuff and not fulfilling the due benevolence of your marital covenant? That doesn't make sense. It don't make you less spiritual because you ain't sexing your spouse. I mean, it don't make you more spiritual because you're not sexing your spouse. Actually, make you less. It, it does. It really does. Okay. So, 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 so this is why, you know, I, in marriage, I encourage lots of sex. <laughs> lots of sex. Okay. And you want to experiment and flip them over and stuff, do that too. Bless <laughs> the Lord. You know, 
Because some of y'all some of y'all get religious in the bed. Anyway, that's that's, that's, a, that's a, a whole nother seminar. That's a seminar. That's, that's a, a podcast, seminar, book. That, that's else. a whole different thing. But 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 you know, I'm gonna say this though, like, like y'all be marrying these people and then you complain. Mm, that part. You know, and then you go on and try to do what you feel like God has called you to do. Dragging them along. Dragging, but your marriage makes you out of the will of God trying to do it. Exactly, because you're unequally yoked. You see what I'm saying? See, this is why you got to be careful who you marry. This is why God hates divorce so much, and this is why you got to be careful who you marry and all that, because marriage affects your destiny. Mm-hmm. Marriage affects your calling. And yes, some things do affect your calling permanently. Okay. Huh? Believe me, if a pastor becomes a pedophile and he gets found out, guess what? That affects greatly his pastoral career. Yeah. You God could originally called you to be a pastor, but you can't pastor no more. Exactly. You know, and I don't know how how some of them be finding loopholes to do it, but if you if you on the registry, oh, if you on the registry, mm -hmm. you should not be pastoring a congregation. No, because 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 I'm pretty sure congr that congregation is going to include children. Yeah, if you call like that, and after a situation, and, and God called you miraculously after that, write books. Put out audio material. Yeah, you see, you can't you can't even conduct uh, um, uh, a services anything like that. Mm -mm. Write books. Put that. Put out audio material. Do some online classes. Yeah, that's your best bet. Are you away from from people's kids? Yeah, you know because because as a pastor, you on the registry, you ruin your career. So same thing, you know, with marriage. A lot of times, y'all marry the wrong people, and and, and and as long as you're in that marriage, certain things you ain't gonna do. You you can't do without being out the will of God. Then you got the serial marriages, the people that keep marrying person after person after oh person. My God. Uh, to me, that's just as bad. Yeah, to me that you're that, that, That's almost worse. You know, we 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 knew we knew one of us was married six times. Mm -mm. How? How? First of all, the germs. <laughs> How? How do the you, germs? How do you be married six times? The germs. You have a you have a covenant and a commitment issue. Mm, mm, mm. You, you, you know the germs. How? So so so. You and know. naturally, the congregation won't with all that. Like, okay, you get married again. Again. Okay, you get married again. Okay, you get married again. Yeah. Mm. Again. So. Mm -mm. And none of these people died, mind you. No. None of them died. So yeah. It's not like, okay, the person died and, you know, you moved on. Not, none of these people died. Yeah. We'll just leave that there. Yeah, this is this is this is this is nuts. This is nuts. But you know, and see, this is why again, 
a lot of y'all be all, oh, I'm in love. I'm in love. He mm -hmm. makes me feel good. You know, he pays my bills. He's love my and infatuation are very similar initially. I'm just showing love. But see, the thing is, after a while, love is not a feeling anymore. It's a choice. And this is what people don't tell you. When when you when the feeling, the fuzzy, warm fuzzies go away and you don't feel like it, okay, then it's love. A lot of people, the feeling goes away, they want to go away. And, and that's why we see these people in marriage after marriage after marriage. You you like the high, the euphoria, the infatuation, the, the chemical reaction that comes with falling in love and being in love and the butterflies. When all that fades, you're bored because you've got a covenant issue. Right. And I doubt your relationship with God really has that much depth if that's all it takes for you to just go on to the next individual. We've mastered the art of moving on. Mm -hmm. But some of y'all need to master the art of if you're going to stay, stay right. That part. Because, um, you know, a lot of people are so zealous for ministry and they and and either either they want to be in control because they got control at home too or because they don't have no control at home. They want something to control, and that's why they started ministry. Mm. Oh, that's good. You know, some people start a ministry and swear, swear God telling them, no, it's their spirit telling you. Mm. You know, and then you name your ministry something stupid off the wall somewhere. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, something, something crazy. You know, I am my brother's keeper of ministries. Like, like you back to minding my business and helping the cities, ministries global, international. Yeah, just just <laughs> just a stupid. I am my brother's keeper's ministry or something like that. You know, uh, it's just just dumb, dumb, <laughs> dumb. But God gave it to me, and we, that's 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 the really now. Thing. God gave it to me. Really now, God is gave that it to so. Me. Did God give you your spouse? Oh. Because a lot of y'all, when you get married, you swear but down is God. Mm-hmm. But if God gave it to, if God gave you your spouse, you have a duty and responsibility to that spouse too. That part. Now, some people do make marriage an idol, and some people, you know, um, their marriage comes before everything, including what God told them to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this lie of oh, marriage is your first ministry, which, you know, we already debunked that. Mm -hmm. We'll have um, to revisit that later. Yeah. That's one of our most watched episodes. Yeah. A lot of people believe that marriage is your first ministry, but God didn't give Adam marriage in the beginning. He gave him he gave him an assignment and then he gave him a marriage because of his assignment. Mm -hmm. A lot of y'all getting married. You ain't doing it. You don't deserve to be married because you ain't doing nothing. But anyway, that part. Anyway. So, 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 you know, in, in, in conclusion to, to this here, mm -hmm. my spouse is saved. Should I be a pastor? My spouse is not saved. I'm sorry. My spouse is not saved. Excuse they me. not saved. They ain't saved. Excuse me. But, but the truth of the matter is, even if your spouse saved, that don't necessarily mean you need to be a pastor either. All right. That, that's the truth of it. Right. Some of y'all spouses saved and you still need to sit down and get out the pulpit. For real. For real. You know, but if your spouse is not saved, 
God can use you in all kind of ways. Let him use you. Mm-hmm. Start a podcast. Start a Facebook live. You know, you know, host services where you can minister. Start a mentorship whatever. group. Start something. a mentorship group or something. But Write don't some be books. watching over people's souls like you're spiritually responsible for them as a pastor or as an overseer or whatever. Because you're limited in what you can pour into those marriages. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you are. Sometimes we can teach from from head knowledge all day, but there's nothing like, and I've, I've asked this question to a couple of senior leaders, and they've said, you know, though I started in ministry single, they, they have said, I see where my counsel has shifted to be more effective in marriages because now I have certain things from personal experience. Right. There's nothing like saying, I remember that. I've been there. Here's how you deal with that. Well, you want to give people hopeful stuff that has actually worked. Well, the Bible says this, the Bible says this, because if you are married, you know that don't nobody want to hear what the Bible say all the time. Huh. Okay. Don't nobody want to hear that. So you, you need some more practical real world uh, advice that's going to help them win their spouse over to bring peace, to, to deal with the reconciliation of, of what's going on. So any closing remarks? Yeah. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking, mm-hmm. we are going to have to really get this together because we're seeing a lot of divorces. Too many. And I believe we're seeing a lot of divorces um, because the foundation of our marriages are not right. Yeah, we're going to have to put this on the next episode. Okay, yeah. Cause it was there was there was somebody who taught me something one time. An old mentor of mine taught me this: the first year of your marriage is one of the most important, vital years, because that's when you set the foundation for the rest of your marriage. Mm-hmm. What you what you what you do and what you set up in that first year, and a lot of y'all don't do the first year right. Mm-hmm. A lot of us we we haven't done it. You know we haven't done the first year right, and we end up in this in these dysfunctional cycles that lead to either divorce or just settling for a bad situation mm-hmm. that just should not exist. So I leave you with that. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us on this episode. Again, make sure you like, subscribe, and share. Check out the links in the description area. Send us a message. Let us know what you want to hear and what kind of questions you have that you want us to answer here. Until next time on the F3 Podcast. Goodbye.